Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me uh, for this roundtable discussion on SB3, formerly known as SB711. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd love for you, Josh, to just introduce yourself and you know maybe your experience, your history uh, as a veteran and some of your past, describing some of your past and uh, where you are today. Well, uh, Josh Biddix. Um, I've been in, well, involved with the advocacy part of it, I guess, uh, for this is going on, I guess, our second year, well, third year. Um, but uh, Marine Corps veteran, 2000-2006, um, was part of the Iraq invasion. So you suffered some injuries? Yeah, I hurt my, hurt my upper back and came back, finished up my education at Appalachian State. Got into law enforcement and uh, spent 10 years policing with uh, between the Asheville Police Department and Gastonia Police Department. I worked, uh, of course, patrol and then community resource officer, um, some tactical team stuff, uh, and then street level narcotics, like drug suppression unit stuff. Uh, ended up having to medically retire out. My back got so bad. Um, actually have now 11 herniated discs and spinal stenosis in my thoracic spine, stuff like that. So you just get to a point where, you're, you know, something's got to change. What were you using to manage your pain? Uh, got heavy into alcohol. Because um, law enforcement is a, uh, you know, to me, law enforcement was a lot tougher than what we went through in the Marine Corps because it's just a constant, nonstop. Uh, stress, especially working, you know, that type of environment. You know. Would you offered mental health services? Um, no, when we, it was 2003, and then, and I was a reservist and had got activated and sent over. And, I mean, we came back and we spent like two days or three days at Camp Lejeune and rode the bus back, and boom, there you go. See you later. Yes, yeah, so back in. No reorientation, yeah. just yep. go back home. Like, be back in a month. Mm -hmm. Start over. What kind of effects do you think your alcohol use had on not just you, but your family, your friends, your uh, job? It was, it was horrible. Um, I never got in, of course, any trouble, like legal trouble or anything, but uh, ended up going through a, a separation and a bad divorce. I mean, it was, it was rough. Uh, and then the medical retirement happened it just it got so bad like i couldn't even wear my vest without just dying in pain arms numb legs numb uh ended up making that jump and that was terrifying because i loved what i did uh but body said time to change and looking back it's the best decision i ever made how much alcohol were you drinking every day oh i got to a point there and i self-corrected that um it's probably I probably fit the liquor every three days or so there for about a year, year and a half. I mean, it was bad. And that was just to cope with the mental pain of everything going on and the physical pain that you're going on. But get home at 6 a.m. after a night shift and break open the Maker's Mark and go at it. You know, until you pass out, get up, throw your uniform on, go back to work. Well, what about medications? Like when you came back, did you see your VA doctor? No, I didn't even... I didn't even get into the VA. Um, I didn't reach out to the VA until I was having to get out of law enforcement. Okay. And started that road. Um, 
and I so I'd retired out and there the last couple of years in law enforcement I actually had a couple of panic attacks not knowing what was happening and uh, you know I was on the road one night and next thing I know I'm in a patrol car and they're running code to the hospital because I'm throwing up can't breathe yanking my vest off uh, just complete panic and um, so stuff like that was happening and no clue why you know, like I didn't realize what all was going on really yeah. you're just day to day doing your thing um, so as soon as I got out of law enforcement I got into private counseling I uh, reached out to a psychologist I was like something's got to change I and mean, I was still having panic attacks and and then I finally reached out to the VA um, was taking that law enforcement retirement hit that sucked went from you know barely getting by and I was like well, the medical bills ain't gonna work so finally got in the VA system and the health side healthcare side of the VA has been amazing um, I go to the Asheville VA and that ended up three years in pain management and all the neurologists and orthopedic doctors and all this stuff figuring out everything going on it's just throwing pills at you left and right now there's a lot of good you know that comes with the, the therapy side of it and learning how to control or manage pain and that type stuff uh, but it can be a whirlwind going through that here let's try this med I was added this med and that med let's do this med and you're like holy cow man it wasn't that long ago like <laughs> I was on like one or two little pills or you know something simple and now it's like crap at one point it was like 23 medications like were active on my file and i was like holy cow like i don't even know what half of this is doing um i remember a, a muscle relaxer that a neurologist prescribed to me because the other ones just weren't working i, mean, I was having just full body spasms and the, all the numbness and tingling and burning in your spine and all that crap there was a muscle relaxer they gave me and uh it's for like uh, MS or Parkinson's patients, stuff like that, or something along that line. And uh, we're talking about like in the bed for 12 hours, staring at the ceiling, drooling. Like it was like, holy cow. Like this is the answer. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And I avoided narcotics at all costs. I mean, I you know, will not do pain pills. Well, we're going to get into some more of your story, but I wanted to bring in Lyle. Um, you're also from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Where are you out of? Shelby. Shelby. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your background. I uh, was in, I joined the Army in 2006, got out in uh, 2015, did two tours to Iraq in 2007 uh, to 2008, and then luckily things had kind of calmed down for us, but you, you still saw things and happen. And Coming back from that, you tried to pretend like nothing happened. I would struggle with things, driving down the road um, on the interstate and see a change in the, in the pavement and almost flip my truck. Um, just out of habit, like not because I was worried about being blown up, but that's what you did. And there wasn't really an reintegration like you talked about with him. Um, before we left Iraq, we already had our redeployment date before we even knew where we were going home for our first one. I was in artillery. We didn't, we just did convoy security. It was driving up and down the roads, getting blown up, what felt for no reason. Then, then, so I decided to go special forces, went through the, the pipeline there. Going through the pipeline, I, I now realize I was starting to like really start uh, have the symptoms of 
I guess, of PTSD from my sleep started changing. I always thought I was having asthma attacks and you talking about panic attacks, it makes me wonder if it was just panic. Like, um, went out to Colorado, met people who left everything in the state they were living in because some, some loved one was struggling with something. And that kind of started, that's what started my mindset change on this. Um, I still didn't understand it. Got back from South Africa, all of a sudden just couldn't breathe. They, they said I had asthma. And my wife said that she started noticing my sleep was changing, my sleep was changing, my stomach, everything, everything I ate just tore me up. Like every time they just look at me, well, we'll, we'll try some physical therapy. See, I didn't get into cannabis or any of that for me. My wife has uh, Lyme's disease, she has chronic Lyme and she doesn't sleep. And Josh, she's friends with Josh because I do pottery and woodworking full time now. She met him and his wife and some others. We kind of became Facebook friends, but I didn't want anything to do with military. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Anybody, I got tired of having friends and then that, that you hop on Facebook that morning and it's the, oh my God, not him posts. Oh, he was always so strong. Just another one of my friends has just sucked, started a shotgun again and just, I'm just tired of watching that happen. And my wife's not sleeping. I'm angry all the time. I'm not sleeping. Like, what the, what, what is this? Like, yes, it, I got out of the military because my wife asked me to, because I was just angry. Were and, you on medications as well? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, several they put they'll, they'll throw any depressants at you for pain and I know some of them do work anything they put me on made me feel psychotic I felt like I couldn't like my brain was moving or, or, or I couldn't get out of the same mental loops the same sounds on the radio the same friends screams the same I just remember being on the floor crying begging God to kill me because I couldn't do it to my family to pull the trigger I just, I just hoped that I would just have a car accident and die, and that would be it. That would be, I could be done. And once again, it was my wife, like, she made the appointment at the VA. The VA, the antidepressants, they saved me. But it's not living. It's not, antidepressant, it's not living. It, it, it's like being buried alive and somebody dug a tunnel, a small tunnel to you and it's handing you food and water. Like, that, that's not living. And so just slowly you're going down like, I'm not getting any better. Therapy's only taking me so far. Why can't I get beyond this? It really helped me, but I, I, I encouraged my wife, even though we weren't supposed to in Colorado, I encouraged her to go try medical. But since it was recreational there, basically she went in and nobody, there was no direction. There was no anything. And she did not have a good experience yeah. and so refused to try anything to do with hemp or anything ever again and I was just pure desperation of my wife I, she hadn't slept at all for weeks not a lack of sleep yeah. um, well I think people need to hear your story just, your wife's story you know right. Josh's story all of the other veterans that you're talking about that have this experience yeah you know and this is what I want to do is help people 
learn how to use it therapeutically. No, the, my first my first experience with CBD friend who also has shoulder pain gave it to me. It just gave me heartburn. So I go into a hemp store. It wasn't his. There's they were closed. And the lady gave me some. I asked her for something for sleep. Something for sleep. She hands me uh, an edible, and she's like, "Well, they're kind of strong. You might want to take a half." So my first TH experiment was with 50 milligrams and I, I did not get up stand up for hours I, I tell this story not to sound comical it's dangerous yeah what if I'd have been driving I had yeah. no idea like I had no idea I did not even know that there was delta a such H. thing delta H THC I didn't that was a know. delta thought, H yes, 8 50 milligram 50 milligram I thought I was taking CBD that's what I honestly thought there you walk in and everybody assumes you know it was the same way in Colorado. You're supposed to know. Here, take yeah, no. this soda. Like, yeah, that's wife, 25 milligrams. Right, just just hot flash, like freaking out. I'm, I'm sitting there Googling because I can't take her on base because we're not supposed to have marijuana even in our house because of our clearances. And just. And you're just trying to get some relief. I, I just, I'm just tired of watching my wife in pain. Well, the, the hemp mellow over there, the girl who um, started that company has Lyme's disease. Does and she really? Yeah, and that's no, no, no. why she did it, because she needed something for her. Because it manifests in the body, and it goes dormant, but mm -hmm. then it can pop up somewhere else. So it yes. kind of mimics um, autoimmune. It, yes. And you can't get rid of it. So you're No, and then, and then do I have Lyme's disease? Because I'm starting to show the same symptoms of her, and then it wasn't until Josh was like, have you looked into Gulf War syndrome? It's fibromyalgia. Like I'm just, I'm starting to read yeah. this, and I'm just ticking off all the boxes. And the VA knows about it, but they're not going to tell you. Yeah. And I'm talking like, you're trying to be a dad. You're 35, and you can't even let your daughter lay her head against your ribs, not because it hurts, but because after a few minutes, the pain just starts radiating out of there, and they have no idea what causes what causes Gulf War syndrome. Mm-hmm. Trauma and then, and in the body. I right, can tell you right. that. Yeah. Um, and she, she, she wants to ride on my shoulders or she'll get up on the couch and just set her feet on my shoulder. And that's fine for about five minutes. The, the, the ache just starts spreading through my body. I don't know how to describe it. And it's demoralizing. It's demoralizing just Fair. like I can't. Yeah, it's I, not who you want to be. No. Like, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and to back up and punt on that, like, I guess I talked to Anna. It was an event. Is his like, wife? Yeah, my wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah like an artist event. And um, she'd kind of laid it on me there that, like, Lyle was struggling. You know, he wasn't really connecting with anyone. And was wanting to know, you know, like, can maybe I try to connect with him. And I'd met him, I think, once before in the parking lot. And he's, like, boom and gone. And I'm like. That's loud. And y'all were, <laughs> and you guys were Facebook friends. No, yeah. not no, at that no, time. I don't think no, we were ba Facebook friends. It was yeah. Facebook friend. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't even think it was that. Like, I didn't want anything yeah. to do with veterans because once again, you get close to veterans, it was like, and then it's like they just despise like his military at that point. Like, right, despise just, anything to do with it, which is common. You know, right, it just uh, kind of brings up the trauma. Yeah, and, yeah, and I just so don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to. Yeah, he experienced like the whole D eight gummy thing, and then. I don't know, somehow we ended oh, we went through pottery together. It was like, yeah, hey, let's go through pottery at the Garden Wave Studio. Because um, I'd gotten into pottery a little bit. We went down the, um, you know, the rabbit hole with, you know, using medical cannabis, you know, 
marijuana by definition or you know whatever cannabis medical yeah, cannabis. cannabis by definition but yeah. you know of like the terpenes on different genetics and your indicas your sativas how this can do pain how this can do sleep you know and what it had done for me with you know sleep and pain control that's my two big ones yeah um it's for sleep and pain so we went down that rabbit hole and uh you know then you got gummy options or edibles there um really just dependent whatever and next thing i know it's like a couple weeks later it's like man our lives get so much better and you know it it, it then he went down the rabbit hole studying himself and started seeing like right right hey, like studying and then that that's kind of so so we talk about d8 and hemp and stuff so that's only stuff you can get on a consistent basis yeah we live in an illegal state right so so when you can get it right it, I can't tell you the number of times when you can get it. They, by the time it's gotten to you, they've forgotten the name of it, yeah. which strain it is. Yeah. And so, you're you're just constantly doing a very expensive, very dangerous, yeah, thing that's a gamble as to whether or not this will work. And you you get one that works great for you, and like you never can get it again. Yeah. So that's 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 my whole reason to be here. Is like not it's not it's not to get high. It's like safety regulation yeah there needs to be some sort of education some dosing some something Mm -hmm. because just winging it and having somebody say yeah man just take half is not it's not a great way to change people's mind about it and or have them experience have them have a terrible experience and then they'll 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 write it off yeah when it could really help them that's exactly why I got my master's degree in medical cannabis science and business because there is no education and people Mm-mm. are just going to dispensaries and getting, you know, 50 milligram gummies or 25 milligram gummies or a drink. Oh, there's, and there's a common one out that's 200 milligrams. Dude, yeah. there's no reason that you insane. need that. And your, you know, your little stupid head shops or vape shops on the side of the road are just yeah. throwing it like candy and you're like, this is not safe whatsoever. Well, then um, there's like a rise in emergency room visits because yeah. for cannabis, um, oh, it's hyperemes, hyperemesis syndrome. It mimics psychosis, delirium type stuff. No, it's vomiting. It mimics um, cyclic vomiting syndrome, but it's mm. um, so CVS, but it's um, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. So it's because you've had so much cannabis, yeah. you can't stop puking. And the yeah. only way to stop is a hot shower. And um, that's happening because of well, my, all of these... Well, my, my high... wife had just this major, like, freak out. She, she felt like her heart was going to... This is the real stuff in Colorado when they recommended a soda. No idea. Um, With zero education. Zero education. She tried it. I don't feel nothing. Goes to bed. I wake up. And she's she's just in full-on panic. You know, and, and just it's just not having a good time. And it's like, that's not, I've seen twice, like this is not the route this needs to be. I saw somebody's friend and liked it and posted and something about gummies that make you sleep. And it's the best night of sleep I've had in a long time. And we kept doing it. And all of a sudden, I'm not needing as much ibuprofen, not needing as much this. And it's, why am I not allowed to? So then you start like researching it and like, this isn't really that great for you. And then... You get a hold of something that that's the real cannabis, and it works great. Then you can never get it again. 
And that's big, like, for me, like, with educating Lyle about it and, you know, other friends about it. It's like microdosing is, like, that's what I prefer. Same. I mean, yeah. I I don't, like, I'm not, I don't want to get stoned. I don't, you know, I just want to get that be able to sleep or relax. If you're having a bad pain day, knock that out or... It's not like an all day, every day, like people I mean, think. Yeah. Know? I'm not trying to make it all, but that's why I started researching this. And then I started noticing myself being, well, first of all, when you start sleeping, a myriad of things get better. Anger and anxiety, depression, those start getting better. Yeah. But then I start noticing, like, why did I really just get so angry right there? Like throwing things angry over that? Why? And then and for the first time, there's like, was that really necessary to blow up about that? Yeah, well, it's, like, it's your nervous system is in a constant state of activation. Yeah. Right. And so when you're constantly activated and you're at a 10, yeah. you can't come down to a 1, See, right? I, to get you down to an through, 8. Yeah. We're connected enough. We have enough science and we have, we're connected enough through our social medias and stuff to be like, you're struggling. You're struggling. That helps. And it's like we actually have a real chance to finally end a certain level of human suffering. So with like all the cannabis stigma that's mm-hmm. out there, what was the turning point for for each of you where you just decided to hell with the stigma, I'm going to try cannabis? I mean, I, so I, you know, experimented, you know, like into high school or right after high school, stuff like that, right when I first started college. But that was more the recreational side. So I wasn't really scared of it. But that was also a long, you know, that was way back in my past. And I reached a point, like, after, I mean, I was in the VA system doing everything I was supposed to do. And it was like, God almighty, man, I'd be hurting. And I'm like, something's got to work, so I'm going to start trying every freaking thing. Who doesn't know about cannabis, but I started, like, digging into the science side of it. And didn't really know, like, you know, microdose or do this or do that. It was just like. Hey, I know this is helping for pain, and uh, I can, I can kind of chill out, settle down for 45 minutes, you know, with inhalation, then processing through the lungs, and then come back to, you know, fully alert and aware. Unlike alcohol, where you're, you're just hey, you just keep going and days over type deal. Cannabis, it's like all right, here's 45 minutes of reset. And it reminds me of like mindfulness when you're doing mindfulness, like in you know therapy or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're focusing on the moment mm-hmm. and letting the thought just process, but not judging that thought. And you come back to the moment. It's kind of like it let, lets you do that for 45 minutes undistracted. Um, and it puts so, you in a calm state, right? Your nervous yeah. system can yeah, kind of balances it out. A couple of my wise friends at work had started doing CBD, and they're just for their anxiety and stuff. And it was like. Let's try that. So I did, and I was like, holy cow, man, just so relaxed. And I just went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. So did you and it worked, start so. with uh, CBD or straight cannabis? Straight THC or combination of both? It was like combination. Yeah. Yeah, kind of all, all kind of around that same time. That's what led us to starting a hemp company. It was like, hey, we're kind of homesteading anyway. Let's get into growing hemp. And then it turned out starting a hemp company and, you know, kind of doing all of that. But... You know, through that process, I have met so many freaking people who've, like, they won't really talk to others, but they see my background and they'll talk to me, you know, like first responders or something. 
and like you know what's up with this like on the medical side of it and it's like it freaking works yeah, so cb there's a benefit to cbd right mm-hmm. it's an anti-inflammatory okay. um analgesic so it has some of the similar properties but it doesn't have any um psychoactive properties mm-hmm. and so for pain we know we need thc uh, yeah you need the both of them okay. right and so you can take a higher amount of thc so typically anyone who's been on pain medication is going to need a higher dose of THC mm-hmm. in my experience working with those patients. Um, they just have a higher um, pain tolerance. Right. But and then you can add in CBD on top of that and do a 10 to one, for example. So you could mm. do 10 milligrams of THC to one milligram CBD, and that will offset it. Just as if you were someone you know is ha- took too much THC, mm-hmm. the best way to come down off that is to give them straight CBD. Or you chew black peppercorns. If you don't have any CBD, you chew black peppercorns and you swallow the saliva, but don't swallow the actual peppercorns. There's no CBD in it. Something about the peppercorn. It's probably the terpene. Why are are the terpenes? See, this is the thing, like, I feel uneducated. Well, we don't have a lot of science, right? We don't have a lot of research right now, so we we don't know. Um, but they're finding that like now indica and sativa doesn't really matter. Right. It's more of the terpene yeah. profile. Okay. So like limonene. 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 So, so these are basically lemon smell, cannabis or, essential oils. Like for me, terpenes are like an essential oil. Like yeah, about, yeah. yeah. So like linalool right. is the terpene from lavender. Right. And linalool has calming relaxation. So you might have heard like Granddaddy Purple. Right. Right. That variety is probably got high linalool. I don't have them all memorized, but no, I'm going right. to say uh, it's probably so got. Understand. Like I've read and some Marcine of this stuff, but is also very mellow. Um, so like essential oils calm you when you ingest THC or CBD and your body also receives that lavender terpene or that lemon or that pine mm-hmm. lemon's going to be more uplifting yeah lemon's going to uplifting is citrus is fruity when you smell a lemon and oh like all cannabis is one of the oldest um right. plants in the pharmacopoeia yep. so it's been used a lot it actually used to be um used for women in childbirth um if you look back at the old tonics that doctors prescribe i mean it's like thc oil on the bottles you know yeah pre-prohibition and then we look at the reason the prohibition that's most the lumber, steel, you know, mm-hmm. industries. But when you got your THC oil back in the day, right, from a doctor or a natural doctor, mm-hmm. it was a tincture made mm-hmm. for that was you. Yeah. Uh, that you granted they had cocaine in it back then, too, for numbing. <laughs> but right, probably I, for I mean, teething babies. We probably well, used it. it. For numbing and stuff like that. But yeah, <clears throat> for analgesic properties. Yep. But yeah, there's still so much research that we just don't even know because it's a schedule one drug still and hard for researchers to get it in their lab and do research on it. So we definitely need more yeah, of that. Yeah, universities really haven't had a chance and that's where a lot of your, seems like your better in, you know, research comes out of because of DEA regulation and the FDA. Well, they yeah. determined there's... And then they can't get funding even if they are approved because they can't run it through a bank. So that's... <laughs> Nah, that, is that it? I didn't, I didn't even realize There's that. just so, there's yeah, so many issues with your, your, really you've had. Yeah, well, with, with all of that, let's talk about SB 711, now known as SB 3, and the state of that bill in North Carolina, uh, also known the Compassionate Care Act. And I think there's a list, I don't have, again, the list memorized of all of the medical conditions that will qualify for that. But this would mean uh, medical cannabis available for people in our state. 
No, it was quite interesting. Uh, so there, the stigma, right, that they think it's going to make people lazy. But that's no, not the case, sure right? If we lazy, have the education <laughs> in place, mm -hmm. if we're able to offer education, you know, maybe having a cannabis consultant mm -hmm. that can work with clinicians who are prescribing it. Because a lot of these clinicians, they don't know how to prescribe it. They're the ones that are going to be signing off on your um, recommendation. Um, and the way the bill's written, so there'll be a pharmacist, a pharmacist involved with each company, you know, as well as a a doctor prescribed, um, which I know local docs can do it through CEs or continuing education type stuff. I don't know exactly, but I think they just have to take a class. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'll all come on the back end. Yeah. But so again, my concern a, is physician those physicians don't have any knowledge or very limited knowledge on how to use cannabis as a medicine. Yeah, and that's going to be a learning curve there. Um, but it covers. We're looking at you know it's a really controlled bill you know from everything you can tell yeah um tightly controlled with dispensaries but they they've also done well putting together the um the committees you're going to have a committee that controls kind of the patient side as far as conditions qualifications all your id systems your cards medical cards physician type stuff and ptsd is on the list oh yeah that's one of them yeah. um and then you're also going to have a committee that's going to handle the licensing, you know, the, the operators, dispensaries, uh, all their rules and regulations. So they can actually, they've got it in there to where they can add as needed for, you know, dispensaries. On the other one, they can add conditions um, as it comes without having to go back through, you know, legislation. Um, mm. So they've kind of, yeah, they've left that door open there that we're, and that's going to be physicians there's a list if you go to the bill of who all is going to be on those committees and it's appointed by the governor they'll be appointed by speaker of the house and then uh, the head of the senate decides who gets appointed to those committees i mean that's i think we're long overdue it's there's plenty of support we've seen that <clears throat> your polling showing high 80s low 90 percent even in your some of your most conservative counties or the most conservative counties for medical and I just think it's a shame that some people refuse to even listen or, you know, they just turn a blind eye to it or, oh, it's a gateway everybody, drug. Everybody I get so somebody. tired of hearing it's a gateway drug. You know what the gateway is? Trauma. Physical and mental trauma. Like, that's right. Well, again, it goes back to the misconception of cannabis, right? right. When people, the stigma, well, the stigma, but then there's the misconception of when I think a lot of these legislators, they think of cannabis, they think we got people walking around high all the time. Right. One of the questions I got back or one of the answers I got back to the question was we're going to it's going to make people lazy and we're going to lose people in jobs. I mean, the amount of people that especially since I've gotten into this industry on this side that I never would have thought like use cannabis. And you're like, we're talking like doctors, like several physicians I now know that actively use cannabis. Like it was a treatment thing. And you're like, holy cow, man, this is. So why are, no why are physicians using it to treat themselves? Yeah, exactly. Because they like, why, aren't they, why aren't they using the stuff they treat me with? <laughs> why aren't they using what they treat they me with? They can't prescribe you cannabis. Right. Well, everybody knows somebody that does use it, and they don't know that they right. use it. Right, because they're using it secretly because it helps them. Well, and they're also responsibly. 
Yeah, and, then, and the stigma again. Yeah, you got to avoid the stigma because if you found out that your local police chief—not saying that this is true by any means—I'm just saying if you found out your local police chief was using it, but yet his job is to keep it off the street and prosecute those who use it, carry it, sell it, etc. Oh, go home and drink a fifth of liquor every night. That's okay. That's okay. I think the point that we need to drive home is that mental illness is an issue in this country, mm-hmm. and trauma. You know, there's a lot of people living in pain, unresolved trauma and pain mm-hmm. leading to this mental illness crisis. And I'm not saying cannabis is the answer by any means, um, but it's a lot better than putting people on medications. Uh, I, I think the stigma has got to go. I think it's, yeah, and you still get that, like, me and him have even talked about it, like, man, you're like trained to be a hard ass or, you know, or whatever, but it's like, but it's not working it, never worked and honestly i don't i don't know what the deal is in the house as far as most of them i've talked to do support it you know i think there's they just don't want to be the ones to let it go through well i don't know if it's that or just hesitation or i think we're at stigma again it's like and that's kind of our job or it's kind of why we took this role was to educate i've just seen it help me and those i love more than anything else ever did and that's why I'm here. Yeah, it changed your life. You know, you completely turned your life around from being suicidal, depressed, yeah. anxious all the time, angry, yeah. to having quality of life. You know, you can enjoy time with your family. It's amazing. I'm you actually can sleep. Can make more at work when I've rested and then not in pain. So mm-hmm. there, there we've, we've ended that stigma. Not being in pain and rested, I'm a more productive person. You yeah. sleep better, you feel better. You don't hurt as bad. You're in a better mood. Mm-hmm. It, just, it, it, keeps it, going. it builds. Okay, so the House representatives or senators, uh, really it's the House right now that we need to convince, maybe some others. They're sitting here with us right now. What are you going to say to them to convince them that this is a good idea to pass C- uh, SB3? Well, there's a ton of support. You can look at true research studies coming out of Israel, mm-hmm. the efficacy. There's plenty of evidence. It's there. Yeah. You know, you're just making you a work, chemical compound. You work for your constituents. Right. There's 90% approval rating. I mean, you know. Yeah, it speaks for itself. Just a chemical compound in the brain. It's, a it's shame just, it's just a thing. I mean, it's not any different. I'm just saying, like, it's a chemical reaction in the brain, no different than alcohol or any other medication. So if it has some pos- if it has lots of positives, why is it still an issue? Well, I feel like it could also bring um, some tax <laughs> revenue to our state. Um, we've got super high ER visits from opioid overdoses, right? Oh, yeah, All of that stuff. And that was one of the, the answers I got back that we were going to have um, health, uh, health insurance or um, health problems were going to rise because of it. We were going to have ERs overloaded with cannabis users. Now, you, some recreational states have experienced that, but that's because of lack of education. Education and you know control or controlled access. With a medical program, you're not going to encounter any of that. I was even asked the question about DUI rises or any stats, and I don't think when you look at medical states, a lot of these conditions, these people ain't even driving. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> especially your cancer and. and or some of these extreme conditions, like these people aren't even driving, they're not. So the people have spoken, the veterans have spoken, it's time to legalize cannabis in the state. North Carolina, 
pretty simple. Let's go.